so when we were raising our kids, um, at mealtime we taught them to pray before they eat. Did you guys do that? So it's I think just a good idea, get them in the habit of understanding you know, who our source is and where things come from and what a blessing it is that we have food. And so it was a simple little thing we taught our kids and they would just you know, hold their little hands and they would say, thank you, Jesus, for this food, amen. And that's it. And my dad took it a little further than that. He told my kids that if they didn't pray before they ate, they would choke on their food. <laughs> so, great theologian. Uh, I don't know. I think we need maybe a better understanding of prayer than that. And um, I know some of us have like amazing prayer lives and, and the highlight of your day every day is your prayer time and you've seen miracles in your prayer and you sense God's presence in your prayer and you just feel in touch with him and it's just super, super awesome for you. But I also know that there are some of us that if we're honest would say, I have no idea how to pray. And I think there are others of us that would say, yeah, I know how to pray and I, and I do it. And sometimes it's, it's good and then other times it's just like, I hit these like dry patches where it's, it's more of like an awkward silence with God in my prayer time. And it's like, what do I say? He already knows everything. What, what do I have to say to him? And so for the last, the last few weeks, the Sermon on the Mount, to me, Jesus has been like wearing us out, right? He's been talking about the kingdom of God and the behaviors of the citizens of the kingdom of God. And he keeps emphasizing that this thing is not about rule following and it's not about religion, it's way deeper than that. It's really mostly about relationships and that this whole kingdom is all about the relationships we have with God and the relationships that we have with each other. And in fact, later in Matthew, Jesus is gonna be asked a question. Well, if we wanna keep the commandments, if we wanna have this covenant, this good deal with God, like what's our part? What's the most important? Of all these laws, what's the most important? Really famous passage, you guys probably know this. It's Matthew 22, 37. Jesus has answered him and he says, you guys love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. Then he says, but a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, you know, the whole Old Testament, all the law and the prophets, it's all based on these two commandments. And I think Jesus is just clarifying what he just keeps saying, and that is in the kingdom there are two things that really matter. One is an amazing, loving relationship with God, and two is an amazing, loving relationship with each other. So today, Jesus is going to give us a gift, and he is gonna teach us how to pray with a passage that is so familiar that honestly it scares me because I think some of these passages that we've heard over and over and over and over, we've repeated them and said them so many times and they're on the walls in the classrooms, they're everywhere. And if we're not careful, we stop hearing them. You know, we just take them for granted and we just kind of gloss over it and we don't really appreciate it. So today, let's, let's not let that happen to us. Let's pay attention to what he's saying here. This is Matthew 6, 9. Jesus says, this is how you should pray. See if this sounds familiar to you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So like, that's it, man. That's prayer 101. And the first part of this prayer 
is kind of identifying who we're talking to, right? And so, the most, all through the New Testament, the most common way that God is referred to, and certainly the most common way that Jesus talks about God, is to describe him as a perfect, loving father. So whether you had a great dad or a bad dad, you have a pretty good idea what a perfect father would be like, and that's God. He, he, he loves us completely, and he loves us unconditionally, and he protects us, and he provides us, and he, he, he's proud of us, and he finds joy in us. So he's, he's the perfect father, but there's something different about him, and that is he's in heaven, right? He's, he's God. So he's like a perfect earthly father, except that he sees everything, and he knows everything, and he has supernatural wisdom and supernatural power and supernatural patience and supernatural love. So Jesus is just starting us off in this prayer by reminding us of, of who we're talking to. We're talking to our Father in heaven. And then this, this prayer is so awesome. It, it, I think it means so much to so many people and people read it different ways and it works on so many different levels. Today we're gonna talk about like two different ways to look at this prayer. And the first is one that I really never considered until about a year ago, and that is to see it as a poem. It's, it, it's, it's a poem. It, it's really got, like all poems, it's got really clear literary structure. Um, the first half of the poem is all about our relationship with God. It's about his name, it's about his kingdom, and it's about his will. And so we start with his name. And when we're talking about his name, we're talking about his reputation, right? The way people see him, the way people recognize who God is and what they think of him, that's, that's his name. And it says his name should be hallowed. So just quick show of hands, how many of you really transparently would say, um, I did not use the word hallowed in a conversation this week? <laughs> yeah, not, okay, well, how, how about this? How many of you really be honest and say, I don't think I've, outside this prayer, ever used the word hallowed. <laughs> okay, how about, how about, just be really transparent. How many of you, up until right now, always thought it said, Howard be your name? <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't use that. That's not what it says. It's, it's hallowed, and, and this means that his name, it's the same root word that we get holy from, so it means that his name should be, like, revered, and his reputation and, and how great he is should be like celebrated, and his name, his reputation should be recognized as being holy and sacred and, and honored. And this, I think this part, you know, hallowed to be your name, is just saying, you know, God, I, I see you, and I see how holy you are and how amazing you are, and I, I want everybody to see what I see. So again, this... First half of the poem, it's all about God. It starts with his name, and then it talks about his kingdom. He says, his, your kingdom come. We're supposed to every day pray, your kingdom come. And we've been hearing a lot in these last couple of weeks about God's kingdom coming. And I'll tell you truthfully, if that's, that's the gospel. I mean, that, that's, what the good, that's what it means. That's what the good news is. God's kingdom is coming, and Jesus is king of it and we can be part of it. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And Jesus came to bring God's kingdom to earth. Yeah, Jesus came for the purpose of bringing God's kingdom 
to earth. And he did that, um, kinda. But it's not fully here yet. And what's weird is he's actually bringing his kingdom to earth through us. And someday he'll bring his kingdom here fully and, and finally and forever. How many think that's good news? Man, if you don't, toot, look around, man. How, on a scale of one to 10, how would you say the world is doing, right? How, how, is, how is humanity faring? I mean, this, this is not, this is not perfection. This is not, this is not paradise. We had that, right? We had that in Eden, and that was God's original plan, but then mankind chose sin and rebellion and pride. And so sin and death and decay and corruption entered into God's world and, and into us and messed everything up. And honestly, we kind of been spiraling ever since. Um, look what Paul says, this is interesting, this is in Romans, it's Romans 8, 20, and this is Paul talking about what happened after the fall. So we had this perfect situation with us and God, and he was providing everything, and we were in touch with him, super close to him, people were getting along, God was getting along with people, everything was cool, then sin, right, and then everything fell apart, and look what, this is what Paul says, after the fall, after that happened in Eden, Romans eight twenty, it says, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Because we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Ever since the Garden of Eden fell apart, all, the, all of creation, all of the world has been waiting for this curse to be lifted and for this kingdom to be recreated. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going on. Let's take a little drink. This happened one other time, and I remember whose it was. And if it's you again, there will be trouble. Okay, tune it out. Let's tune this in. So Jesus came with this purpose, right, to lift the curse and to recreate God's kingdom and he came to begin ushering in this new creation and this kingdom of God, and he's ushering it in through us. And the problem is that just like the world isn't there yet, we're not there yet. And so we're, we're like, the, he's getting us there, right? He's, he, he's given us his spirit, so his Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he's changing us from the inside out. But even though we have Jesus on the inside of us, on the outside, we still fail, right? So our spirit is good, our soul is good, but our minds and our mouths and our bodies are just not there yet. So God is bringing his kingdom, he's gonna perfect through Jesus, he's gonna perfect his creation and bring his kingdom back, and he's gonna do it through us, but the whole creation has been groaning ever since Eden for that to happen, and the problem is, we're not there yet to do it. And so look, someday he will perfect us and perfect all of creation. But for now, like we're waiting for that next phase. So this is continuing. This is verse 23 in Romans. He says, we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit in us, it's like a foretaste of future glory because we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And we too wait with eager hope for the day that God will give us our full rights as his adopted children 
including the new bodies that he has promised us. And so we have this, this hope that he will finish his work perfecting us and that he will finish finally, fully bringing his kingdom back to earth. And so this, this prayer, like every day, is us saying, yeah, bring it, you know, change me and, and, and use me to change the world. So we pray, may your kingdom come. So we're talking about God in this first half, his name and his kingdom and his will, his will. We're supposed to pray, may your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. And so that part, that, that's us just, I think, just see, saying, I, you know, God, I see what happens when, when, when mankind decides for himself what is right and wrong. I see what happens when I decide for myself what's right and wrong. And I see what happened when the world is, is when I am corrupted by sin and pride and hate and selfishness, I see how that goes. And so I don't, I don't trust mankind anymore. And I don't trust me anymore. God, I just, I trust your way. So whatever you want, that's what I want. And this is the difference because what most of us pray to God is like, this is my will and you need to get on board, right? Isn't that how we pray most of the time? And, and what he's saying is we should be saying, no God, show me your will because I want to get on board. I, I want your way in this world and, and, and in me. And so we pray your will be done. So the first half of the poem is all about God and, and his name and his kingdom and his will. And then the second half of this poem is about us and our need for God. And it lists three things that we need. We need bread and forgiveness and deliverance. And it starts with bread. And I think this is like kind of represents like we need some basic stuff, right? To, to get through life, we need food and, and water and shelter and air and health and relationships and like decent internet service. There's some things we just... Like the basic necessities, right? And James 1.17 tells us that every good thing we have is a gift from our Father. And this is for us to remember that, that every good thing we have is a gift from Him. And this reminds us of who our source is for everything we need, all the way down to the basics, like bread. So let me ask you a question. If you think about the Old Testament, can you remember, or does a story come to mind to you, where God's people had to daily depend on God for bread? What was it? Yeah, the manna, right? And that was every day. You, they were in the desert, and there was no food to be had. And every day they would wake up, and miraculously, God had put this manna. You know what manna means in Hebrew? Literally, it means like, what the? That's what it means. <laughs> That's what it means. They're like, they don't know what it was. I never saw anything like this before. Like, and they would just go out there, and there would just be this bread and they would pick it up, but they couldn't take too much. They couldn't take enough for tomorrow or enough for somebody else. You got enough for your family for today, and that's it. And if you took more than that, it was rotten the next day because God wanted them to see that every day they were depending on him. Every day 
He was their source. That's why he did it that way. And remember how we've talked about these hyperlinks? When Jesus is teaching his disciples and their minds are going, oh, he's talking about, that's what happened. When he said, give us this day our daily bread, I guarantee you, all those Jewish disciples were going, oh yeah, just like manna, just like, just like back in the wilderness. And so we, we need to work and we need to save and we need to be responsible but I think Jesus wants us through this daily prayer, through this poem, to be reminded every day of who our true source is, that, that God is our source for everything, starting with the basics of bread. He wants us to be reminded of our day-to-day dependence on him. So again, second half of the poem, it's all about our needs, um, that we need God to provide for us. We need him to provide bread. We need his forgiveness. I mean, He says, forgive us of our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors. And I think one thing we all need from God is forgiveness, right? We need to receive forgiveness if we're gonna have eternal life. And I think, honestly, we need to learn to share forgiveness to make this life bearable. And I don't just mean that for the people, you know, we forgive them and it like lets them off the hook or something. We need need to forgive to let ourselves off the hook. Because if, if, if you've known people that are like still angry about something that happened 50 years ago or they have this bitterness or something, you know like one of the heaviest things you can carry around is anger and resentment and, and bitterness. And the only way to put it down, the only way to let it go is to forgive. So this prayer, again, it's like, it's like a poem. We can just like recite it every day and it reminds us about our relationship with God and our needs and our relationship with each other. So it reminds us that we need food and we need forgiveness and we need deliverance. I think this is a reminder that we need to be rescued, that we have a real enemy and he is really, really good and he has a one real objective and that is kill and steal and destroy. And he comes at us with temptation and with pride and with sin and with shame and all kinds of addictions and all kinds of hang-ups. And I think we need to be reminded that we need deliverance. We We need protection from him. And so this part of this prayer, we ask God to protect us to deliver us, to, to, to rescue us from the enemy. So this, this prayer reminds us of the relationship we have with God and all the stuff he provides for us, but it also reminds us of the relationships that we have with each other. And this is a really important thing to notice. Jesus doesn't teach us to pray, give me today my daily bread, or give, forgive me of my debts, or deliver me from the evil one. He says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we're forgiving each other and deliver us from temptation and the evil one. And I think this is like a reminder for us that in God's kingdom, there is nothing more important than relationships. This amazing, loving, providing, healthy relationship with the Father and then this amazing relationship with the people around us. So we're we're praying to God, and this prayer is about God and our need for him, but it's also designed, I think, to strengthen the relationships between all of us. I mean, when you, 
what, what draws you closer to somebody than praying for them? And it's not, it's not just that. I think this prayer also reminds us when, when we say give us today our daily bread, I think it's like a reminder that the bread and the stuff, the, the basic things that we need in life that he provides for us are supposed to be shared among us. And if you, if you think of like all through the Bible, certainly in the New Testament, there's this, this like recurring image of breaking bread, right? Doesn't that come up a lot? And weren't they always eating together? Wasn't that always happening in Acts? Weren't they always getting together and were they were gonna break bread? I mean, can you get that image? God has provided me this loaf of bread and I'm gonna break it in half and I'm gonna share it. And when you read specifically in Acts, those people, they were shared everything. God had provided them all kinds of stuff. Uh, houses and cars, I guess. I don't know, motorcycles. I don't know what all he had provided them stuff. And what do they do? They're sharing their stuff. They're even selling their stuff so that they can share with the other believers that didn't have it. So I think this prayer is a reminder that we're supposed to be doing this thing together. God's providing the bread for us, and we need to share it. And the same with the forgiveness, right? I think we're, we're supposed to be reminded that we're not only accepting God's forgiveness, we're sharing God's forgiveness with each other. And even this part about deliverance, I think, I think that if you read through the New Testament, I think we're really all called to be kind of part of each, each other's deliverance story, right? All of us have faced sin and, and temptation and pride and whatever, and all of us have been hopefully delivered or are being delivered from all that. And we're supposed to be helping each other get there by praying for each other and by encouraging each other and by providing accountability for you. That's why he says, confess your sins one to another. Why? 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 So we can hold each other accountable. So I just, it, I think that's a cool thing that he includes you in my rescue story, right? And he includes me in your rescue story. I, I love that we get to be part of each other's deliverance. So yeah, this prayer, is, it's, it's, it's like a little poem. And I think it's supposed to remind us every day of our need for God and our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. And it's not just us, it's not just us praying for ourselves. It's not even just us praying for each other. It's a reminder that we're supposed to share and we're supposed to forgive and we're supposed to help each other overcome the enemy and that what's most important in the kingdom of God is relationships. Our relationship with God in our relationship with each other. To me, that's like, that's what this thing is all about. And I just love it that Jesus like packaged it, these reminders in this little, in this little poem so that we can like recite it, you know, and remember it and put it on cards and put it on pictures on the walls and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, it used to really, it used to really bug me when I would hear somebody say, now I'm going to pray, right? Our Father who art in heaven. It's like, that's not, you're not really praying, right? Like that one doesn't count, you know, because you're just, you're, just, you're just saying the words. And I'll be honest, it, it like seemed kind of fake to me when people would pray that way. But now I really see this different. I really think he wants us to remember it. I really think he wants us to like recite it. I think he wants us to just like rehearse it and just say it over and over so that every day we could be reminded of what's important to him these relationships, and that we're supposed to be doing this stuff together. And I think that's why he put it in a poetic form. 
so that it was so easy to remember because poems, songs are sticky, right? They stick in our heads, right? Um, I'll prove it to you. You guys, should we take a pause and have a fun game just for a second? Who's up for fun just for a second? Okay, the rest of you just sit there. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Um, this is to prove to you that there are songs in your head and they're taking up space in there and you don't even know it, right? And when you hear some lyrics, you know the next lyric, right? And so I'm gonna, I'll start you with the song. It's not, believe me, I'm a terrible singer. It's not gonna sound anything like the real one. And yet, even though it's been a long time since you heard this song, you're gonna know what comes next. And so I'm gonna sing a part of the lyric and then I'll kind of gesture to you and then you take it from there. Okay, are you gonna do it? Don't you leave me hanging up here. Are you gonna do it or not? I'm not gonna sing by myself. Okay, okay, ready? Here's the first one. It's a spiritual song from a long time ago. I've got friends in. Okay, stop now. <laughs> Please. You haven't, you haven't heard that song in forever. But you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's in there, right? That song is from 1990. So let's go even further back, okay? This is 1982. You haven't heard this song for a while, but you still know the words. Tonight we're gonna party like it's. <laughs> that's really awful that you know that, but that's, it's in there. It's in there, right? It's, it's, it's in there. So a little tougher, I wanna include the younger people. This is from 25 years ago. If you get this one right, first person I hear get this one right, I will give them my CBCB t-shirt, okay? I wanna put my tender heart in a blender. Who said that? Stand up and be recognized. Ready, here it comes. Perfect. <laughs> and so it's a younger person, and of course, old people, you know I believe in equal representation. This song is from 52 years ago. And I'm telling you, you haven't heard it since because it wasn't that big a deal when it was happening. Um, here it goes, I'll try. Well, it's all designed to blow our minds, but our minds won't ever be blown. Like the blow that'll get you when you get your picture. Who was that? Richard? I'm ashamed of you. All right, we're gonna do one more, and then it's back to work. This is like the granddaddy of all sing-along songs. Get ready. Oh, how it feels so real, lying here with no one near, only you, and you can hear me as I sing softly, slowly. Help us out, Elton. So whether it's good words or bad words, right? The words are in your head because it's a song. And if you don't like the songs that we sang today and you think that's sinful or something, then please send me an email to mike at mycbcb. You see though, listen, songs, poems, they're sticky, 
right? They get, they get stuck in our head. Isn't, that's how you learn the ABCs, right? A song, a song. Do you guys remember Schoolhouse Rock? Remember that when you're watching cartoons on Saturday morning? And the whole idea was they're going to just get these songs stuck in our head and we're going to learn whether we like it or not, right? So like right now, it's been 50 years and I can't remember my social security number, but I know conjunction, junction, watch your function. Uh, so <laughs> it's, songs are sticky and poems are sticky, and it's good for us to know that and to take advantage of that and let it resonate, man. Let it be stuck in our head. And every day, let's let, Jesus has given us this amazing, memorable prayer poem, and it would be awesome if we repeated it every day. It would be awesome if over and over we were reminded to love our Father and honor his name and look forward to his kingdom and trust his will. And if every day, over and over, we reminded ourselves to forgive each other and pray for each other and to share our stuff with each other and to forgive each other and to be part of each other's deliverance story, it's an amazing prayer poem. But wait, there's more. Because it's even, it's more than just a great prayer poem. It's a great outline for prayer. And I don't know, maybe your prayer life is awesome and, and that's great. There's, there's times probably for all of us when our prayer lives are like vibrant, you know, and exciting and I can't wait to talk to God. I got so much to talk to him about and I can't wait to hear from you. You ever feel like that? Let me ask you this. Do you ever not feel like that though? I mean, do you ever have these times where it's like, I don't know, I just don't feel like I have anything to say to him. I, I, or I can't focus. You ever... Do you ever sit down to pray and like your mind wanders? Like I'm gonna sit here for 10 minutes and I'm gonna pray. And then before you know it, you're thinking about your yard or something at work or something else. And you think, what the heck? You know, I was gonna pray, what, I, how'd I, what happened? You know, how'd I, how'd I get off of that? And I think Jesus, this prayer is awesome for that. It's like little outline um, bullet points if you've ever made a speech, like little, like little three by five cards, right? Little bullet points to keep us on track. And, and it doesn't have to be used just like word for word. You can use it like a little, like a template to stay on track. I think it's okay to admit your prayer life doesn't always feel as awesome sometimes as it does at other times, right? And, and maybe we need like little starting points, like conversation starters um, in our conversation with God. Um, I'll tell you this, when I was um, maybe 14, uh, I, there was this girl that I was interested in, and her name was Susan Schilling. Is Susan here? <laughs> she, she died of old age, so who knew? Anyway, um, so um, I really wanted to, you know, to go out with her or whatever, and like, never done it before, but I, it's, time, I, it's time. I'm gonna have to call her, right? And you young people are so spoiled because you can text. But old guys, back me up on this, man. It was tough because you had to keep the conversation. You couldn't, like, text something, and then, you know, it comes in, and you have, like, an hour to think of something witty to say or something, right? You're on the phone, man. It's happening in real time. And you had to, like, you had to keep the conversation going. And so I really wanted to call her, but I was just so scared that I was going to call her, and we weren't going to have anything to talk about. And it's like, now what, you know? And so I, I, I wrote some some talking points. And I, I had like, 
<laughs> Thank you. I, it was like, um, like topics, right? And so I had my little notes. And so like I, I, know, like I could, hey, how'd you do on the algebra test, right? And I knew she would talk, that would get it, we could talk about that for a while. And then I could say, oh, are you gonna go to the game? tomorrow, okay, now we can talk about that for a while. She just got a dog, so I wrote your dog. Hey, did you get a dog? I knew we would talk about that for a while. I could always say, how mean is Mrs. Boughton? Remember her? She was like the meanest teacher at our school. And like, you could say that to any kid at our school, and it was like an hour conversation about something you'd seen her do because she was so mean. So that, that, you see what that was? These like talking points, little conversation starters, little bullet points for me, just to keep the conversation going so that we didn't have that weird, uncomfortable, awkward silence. And so, man, I got my talking points and I'm, this happening, it's, it's happening, it's, this, it's on. So, I'm, man, my throat's all dry and I'm like, I, you know, like all shaky. I'm dialing kids, this is the way I used to do the phone. <laughs> it used to be separate. The phone you held, the, the, the receiver was different than the phone, but that doesn't matter. So anyway, so I call, so I call, I got my notes, you know, I got all my bullet points all lined out, and they're all color-coded and everything, and it's like, this man answers, hello, and I, don't oh, crap, you know, it's like, um, is Susan there? And he goes, no, who is this? Thought, oh no, you know, I didn't have, have notes for that. <laughs> so like, I, just, I just panicked and hung up. And I never called Susan Schilling. But, man, if she would have been home, I would have killed it with that template. Uh, <laughs> because why? Because each, each one would like a little conversation starter for us. And so I think if our prayer life is ever like faltering or seems kind of lifeless, we shouldn't just not pray. You know, I think, I think God loves, just like you love, those free-flowing, easy conversations where you're just talking to him and everything's great. But I think he also honors it when we make prayer important, even when prayer isn't easy. Even when you're not really feeling it, you can still pray and you might be surprised that you start feeling it. And, and one way to get the conversation rolling, I think, is with this prayer because each, each line is like a little conversation starter. It's a, it's a talking point. Does that make sense? Does that sound weird? Um, should we try it? Should we, can we do that? Are we allowed to pray together in church? Is that a thing? Um, so here's what I want us to, I want to do this. Let's, let's, just, let's just try this. And so we're, we're going to pray together. And so I'll, I'll pray the line from, the, from Jesus' template, his little talking point here. And then just for a second, I'll, something will come to me that, that we should, I wanna pray about that thing. And so when I do that, then you can pray to yourself and you can pray for what's, what's going on in your world about that topic. And this will just be really short, but then remember like you know, tomorrow morning when you're praying, you could do the same thing and you may spend a lot of time on your will be done or you may spend a lot of time on give us this day our daily bread, or whatever's really going on with you, but it'll just be like a little template for us. So, could we do that? Could we just, I mean, we sang Elton John together, surely we can pray together, right? Let's, let's, let's just, let's pray. Um, our Father, thank you. Thank you for, for loving us and for adopting us into your family. How incredible it is for me to think that you are my Father 
and you are a perfect father. You love us completely and you love us perfectly and you provide for us and you protect us and you're proud of us. I, I love it that you're proud of us and I love it that you take joy in us. So thank you for just being a, a perfect father in heaven. And God, we see who you are and we see that you're higher than us and bigger than us and different than us and we see how amazing you are and how powerful you are and how faithful and loving and kind that you are. We see that you're, you're, you're better, you're higher than us. You're, you're not just our Father, you're, you're God in heaven. Hallowed be your name. God, may I, we see you and we, 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 we want your reputation to spread. We want the whole world to see how amazing you are. And so will you just show us our part in that? Maybe it's telling a friend about you or, or living out a life that honors you or whatever it is, but show us how to, to spread your reputation so that your name can be hallowed. And God, may your kingdom come. Man, we see that we have messed up your good world. And so we just... We want your kingdom. We don't, we don't like the world the way we've made it. We want it the way you want it. And so will you just change us and continue this work that you're doing in us to change us and perfect us? And will you also change our world and just bring your kingdom here fully and completely? May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we don't... We wanna, we wanna submit to you and not ask you to submit to us. We don't, we don't wanna tell you what we want and then expect you to get on board. God, will you just show us your will? Show us what you want for us in our, in our day-to-day decisions and the way that we're raising our families and living our lives, the way that we worship, the way that we pray, the way that we interact with other people. God, we just, may your will be done. And Lord, we want to talk about our relationship with each other too and we see that you provide everything for us. So we ask for our our daily bread. Lord, remind us that we are so dependent on you. Every good thing we have comes from you. And I know there's different people here with different needs and some of us need literally maybe food or we need finances or we need a healing or we need a friend or whatever that thing is, Lord, that's our need. We're just at, we see you as our source, and so we're coming to you and asking you to give us our daily bread. We don't need to know the future. We trust you today. And forgive our sins, our debts, as we forgive the people that sin against us. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for accepting us and, and, and forgiving our sins and just forgetting all about our sins and will you please help us that's a hard thing for us will you empower us supernaturally to forgive the people around us and god we need we need deliverance we need to be rescued we have this powerful horrible enemy in satan and he is trying to steal and kill and destroy and he tempts us man so many things are vying for our attention. So many things are in our face and trying to draw us away from you. And so will you deliver us from the evil one and, and remind us that you've given us each other and that we can all be a part of each other's deliverance story. Help us to overcome the enemy 
together with, with encouragement and with prayer and with accountability. God, will you please help us to love you and to love each other because we know that's what your kingdom is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's my encouragement for you. Um, this week, try out the Lord's Prayer. Um, and you can do it both ways. I mean, just repeat it as a reminder of what's important to the kingdom or try it out as a template to keep your prayer life completely on track. And if it doesn't feel exciting and vibrant and everything, uh, Corey Tindum had a really interesting quote. She said, don't just pray when you feel like it. Make an appointment with the king and keep it. I would encourage you to pray kind of whether you feel it or not. And if you don't feel it, that's where this template is super helpful. Amen? Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great week.